Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, and I help LGBTQ people use their difference to make a difference. I advocate for social justice, personal growth that helps us live out the best of who we are, and queer thought leadership. Today, I'm going completely off the top of my head about a subject that is going to be talked about a lot, but I'm going to focus this in from a very Toronto, Canada perspective because of some news um, that just came out yesterday, namely that the Ontario Premier, Doug Ford, who's the leader of the Ontario uh, PC party, the progressive conservatives and progressives, anything other than that word would make more sense. I think RC, regressive conservatives, make much more sense. But I don't want to get too off track, even though I probably will. He has made the statement that he's not going to attend Toronto Pride this year. Well, who the fuck cares? And good. And, well, duh. Get ready for a little bit of attitude today, but I am going to try and bring a compassionate and vulnerable approach into this at some point. For those of you that don't know the history of Doug Ford, his brother, Rob Ford, is deceased, died of cancer. I know it's terrible to speak of the dead, so let me just say, good. They are both horrible people. Um, Rob Ford, unfortunately, had a very serious health issue and addiction, um, was a crackhead, uh, had all kinds of other problems. Both of these men have been involved with drugs and the selling of drugs. This is public knowledge, so this is not defamation. And here they are in power, or both of them have been in power. Of course, Rob is now deceased. Rob Ford was the mayor of the city, and Doug Ford was one of the... Uh, uh, on city council. And he then tried to become mayor, lost, got pissed at the city of Toronto, saw an opportunity, rose to the opportunity to take over the Ontario PC party. It was kind of like, fuck, this can't happen, but it's too much of an open opportunity with some shit that happened in the PC party that it just opened the door for this populist, uh, arrogant, um, controlling asshole um, to take over. And he did. And he's just been trying to slap down the city of Toronto and Ontario. And only recently, um, all these cuts they were making to all kinds of things in the province uh, and, and retroactive cuts, they came out and said, well, we're not going to do the retroactive cuts. We're going to like pull everything back and we're going to look at that for 2020. Bit of a background. I know it sounds like I'm getting off topic, but for those of you that don't know the story, this is the individual. <clears throat> now, Rob Ford never attended Pride either. He begrudgingly walked in at the last minute to the Pride-raising annual ceremony that happens at Toronto City Hall for Toronto Council. Head down, said a few words off a piece of paper, and quickly walked out of the beautifully sunny and warm outdoor event that day that I attended several years ago. <clears throat> now, the Fords used to, I don't know if they still do, have this big thing they call their Ford Fest, where they invite all these individuals that are basically conservative and right-wing. And I think people even like Faith Goldie, the neo-Nazi, racist, fascist, 
And again, look it up. This ain't defamation. That's provable, factual information. Have been in attendance, um, as well as some very serious conservative pundits. It's kind of like a right-wing rib barbecue finger licking good event for everybody that's so fucking full of themselves and think that they can just uh, mow down anyone that's in their way to make more money, line their bank accounts with uh, golden funds and just say poo-poo to everybody else that doesn't have anything or the ability to fight back. So I was listening to the start of an interview um, on point with Alex Pearson, and she was interviewing uh, my friend and colleague, Sean Prue, who has his own show on Sirius XM Canada 167, which I've been on a number of times, and Sean owns, uh, is the publisher of thegayguidenetwork.com, and I do editorial um, on that publication sometimes. And, you know, he and I have known each other for a number of years. Now, I haven't listened to all the interview, but I was listening to the preface by Alex Pearson, and she was being very critical of Pride, and um, in her opinion, thinking that pride is broken and that pride is broken because, uh, I think four years ago now, Black Lives Matters halted the parade in the middle of Young Street in downtown Toronto for about 30, 45 minutes until the, um, the, the chair, uh, of, or not the chair, the, uh, I guess the, uh, ah, whatever the title of the person who was in charge at the time of Pride Toronto signed this declaration uh, that was prepared by Black Lives Matters for future inclusion, and then the parade continued. And one of their requirements with it was that uniformed police no longer be allowed to attend Pride, the Pride Festival, or have a float, uh, other than police being hired to provide security. And so... Uh, the host of this show says, you know, she thinks that pride has been corrupted because of that and broken because of that. And Premier Doug Ford's reason for not attending pride is that he won't ever attend pride until uniformed officers are allowed back um, to attend the parade, to walk in the parade, to be on a float or to be in any part of the weekend festival. Well, first of all, Doug Ford is lying. He's never going to go anyway, because they've always had this commitment to this so-called family affair, Ford Fest, which, you know, is questionable on one hand, because you are the mayor, you're sorry, you, when it was the situation of the mayor, Rob Ford, that was important, that the mayor, the mayor of the city of Toronto, for the largest cultural event annually, and I'm pretty sure Pride brings in the most or the second most tourism dollars into the city every single year. Why would you not, even if you begrudgingly um, don't want to go? Many years ago, when I f first moved to Toronto, so this would have been um, 97, Mayor Mel Lassman, who had been the owner of like Bad Boys Furniture House and that still exists and they have these kooky commercials, but everybody remembers them because there's always this slogan they had, you know, who, who has better prices than Bad Boys? No! Nobody! And it would be him and his son doing this in unison. 
And everybody thought, oh my God, we're going to get this guy from North York who's such a bozo and he doesn't know anything about pride and he's probably homophobic. And I don't remember all the details. Um, he didn't seem very open-minded. I also think that uh, if I remember, he was actually illiterate. So we thought, he, oh my God, city of Toronto, the economic capital of Canada, we're getting this. Well, he somehow was smart enough to realize I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have fun. So he was on a float that was an older fire engine, and often people have water guns at Pride, and people were squirting him with water guns, and he had the biggest ass water gun, and he was squirting people in the Pride Parade, and he was having so much fun. It was amazing. And he completely turned the tide on what people thought about him. And whether you liked him or not, he recognized that The LGBT community is a massive and important and influential part of the city of Toronto and thus Ontario and by that Canada and that this is such an important festival that he had to attend. So, yeah, he's dead now, but shame on Rob Ford for not recognizing that. And Doug Ford is a premier of Ontario. Well, shame on him as well. Whether you agree with it or not, or whether you're just going for your own propaganda because you think you're going to get votes, and honey, you ain't going to get a fucking vote from somebody who has any semblance of intelligence who's LGBTQ. Um, Jesus. And if you are a PC supporter and you're listening to this and you want to vote for Doug Ford and you're gay, lesbian, bi, trans, get the fuck off my podcast. Um, Seriously. Like, um. Like I said, I'm no holes barred in this podcast here today. So have a better excuse and recognize as a white, rich man, the privilege that you have and that you cannot make assumptions about what affects and does not affect the LGBT community because you don't have a fucking clue because you've never suffered because you've never had to live in the closet because of the health cuts you're making to OHIP, the Ontario Health Insurance Plan, you are endangering the lives of people in transition. And there's far more worse things that Doug Ford is doing, but he doesn't want to recognize this. He doesn't see it because his privilege precedes him. And this is the problem with that kind of mindset. It is a really big question. Should uniform officers be allowed to participate at Pride? And again, I'm keeping this just to Pride Toronto because this is the politics of Pride. Well, we could say, here we are, Stonewall 50. And Stonewall was not the origins of the Pride movement. It started, you know, or, or, or our, our liberations. It started long before that, but it's just a marker. It's something to recognize a very loud and memorable event that happened 50 years ago. But it also started because police came into our space and tried to control us. Now, yes, they were enforcing laws at the time. <coughs> laws at that time, you weren't even allowed to dress up as a woman if you were a man. That could put you in jail. But there was brutality which was greater than perhaps maybe a bully on the street shouting, you know, homophobic prejudice epithets at somebody or beating somebody up. There was a brutality because the police were uniformed. They had bully sticks. They had guns. They had power. They could come in as a gang. 
They could smash things in the bar. They could take people's money. They could arrest people. They could publicly out people by taking their pictures and their names and allowing that to appear in the media. There have been stings by police throughout the years as well in Toronto, you know, plain clothes officers going into public restrooms and trying to entrap gay men or in public parks. Really? Aren't there more important clandestine type operations like wiretapping for serious fucking criminals uh, that are going to do serious harm, whether that be violence or problematic organized crime that involves drugs or stealing and you're upset about a man in a washroom who wants to get down on his knees and suck someone's cock when people have been oppressed by a force that has power a power to enforce laws and rules but can take that to the next level by using their own emotional anger or prejudice when they have that power. That is a problem. That bridges that area of, you know, power corrupts. Now, for a couple of years, there was a serial killer in Toronto. It's not the first one. (laughs) But the police were not very forthcoming with their admission that they thought this was the case that they thought gays were being profiled. Why? Because the gays that were being profiled were POC, were people of color. So yet another marginalized group in society. But people were not feeling safe. And where I live in Cabbage Town, just blocks away from the gay village, in the building just north of me was Gary Kinsman. And I don't know him personally, but anyone in Toronto in the gay village knows many of the names of the people who lost their lives to this serial killer. And taking the cue from my friend Sean, I'm not going to say the serial killer's name. But Gary Kinsman just lived up the street, and apparently he was coming back from somewhere in the village and was never heard from again. And I'm forgetting exactly the amount of time that he was missing unfound. I think it was about nine months and then they discovered his body parts. So this serial killer knew most of his victims, took them back to his home and then killed them. So that was problematic handling by the police kind of poo pooing the whole thing, not making it seem like it was a big deal. Now, four years ago, when Black Lives Matter stopped the parade, I was upset. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, why the fuck? This is just a parade. Let it let. My partner was really angry with me, and I've talked about this before. And he was like, you have to you have to understand why this is important. And the basic message was. Equality for some is not equality. We need equality for everyone. So Black Lives Matters whether it be a right or a wrong thing, took it into their own hands to take a stand and make it really clear there were some serious problems with how Pride Toronto was being run. And that some of their other demands was that the the um, 
one of the stages focusing on black culture and pride was continually being moved further out of the main area uh, of, of pride and getting smaller, and they wanted more representation. And this is important because LGBTQ people need representation. We need to be witnessed. We need to be public. We need ourselves to have the strength as individuals and in a group to create our own community, to be more neighborly with each other, to be more supportive of each other. And by just being out, acting every day as human beings, but expressing our difference as uniqueness, more people see that and that becomes something people who aren't LGBTQ can become more accustomed to. So people that have been hurt by the police, have been victimized by the police, have been brutalized by the police, or have been in jail, or people of color who are, there was a temporary moment where people were being carted in Toronto, or a good friend of mine, she's black, has told me that her son has been stopped by police more times than he can count just walking home from basketball practice or music practice because he's a black man. No reason. Exceptional student at university, you know, or at school, and, you know, (laughs) no reason. No problems, no prior convictions, just because he's black, he's stopped by two white men that are police officers in a car. Why? And so a statement needs to be made. And yes, I feel for the police who are members of the LGBT community. It must be very difficult for them on two levels. They are, one, a member of the Toronto Police Force. They probably see some of the prejudice and deal with it on a regular basis. And now they feel excluded from their community. Well, sometimes the best way to make change is from the inside. So while I can't offer solace and I can't make it better, and I'm not going to say you should be included, you can be included as a human being in the parade. But do you have to wear the uniform? Do you have to represent as a member of the police force just because that's your work? So if I was to march in the parade, do I need to march as a podcaster, as a writer, as a queer coach? No. I just march as myself. So why do the police have to march? Just think about that for a moment. Yes, you could be proud in your career. Yes, you could be proud that perhaps there's an LGBTQ organization at your place of business. Let's just think of another industry. A large law firm in Toronto that I'm thinking of and has a very strong LGBTQ membership and they organize and they have annual events and they're quite out and they do a lot of work on uh, inclusion and diversity and equity in their workplace. Well, okay, sure. Maybe they will pay for a big float and, and march around. Okay. They're individuals. They're part of a company. They're promoting the company. And that goes all into the capitalism of pride. And that's something I'm going to get into in just a moment. 
Pride started as a riot. Or I should say, pride followed. First it was a riot, and then people started to organize, and then this idea of pride was let's go out and celebrate who we are, be prideful of who we are, and organize and march. And it was very political and became political and more political for a long time. And then, yes, people recognized, okay, this is, this is a big event. Now we need to maybe pay for some staging. Let's make it more fun. Let's bring in uh, musicians and artists. Okay, we're going to have to pay for some security. We're also going to have to pay uh, the city to deal with cleanup or to put up barricades uh, so that the parade route can be safe. And, and on and on it goes. And there's a profiting of pride, which is an entire other discussion. But I like that pride can also be a time for us to have fun and let loose and feel free and go out and dance. Oh, my God, there's something about, at least for me, the gay community. Dancing is very freeing and fun. And it's like I get to be around all the people that... I see as representative as as a part of who I am. And in that freeing, ebullient, joyful expression of physical movement to the beat of drums and that, you know, crescendo of excitement and music and just celebrating who we are, just like, fuck, it's the one day I can be around like a thousand other faggots and lesbians and dykes and trans people and non-binary and it's like what the fuck i can let go of everything that's bothering me and just be queer a lot of people can't feel that with the police at pride because they see two levels of control they see Laws and dictates as created by the society, by the country, by the province or the state, and by the municipality. And then they see the individual who may take that power that they have too far, and it becomes emotional, and it becomes a personal attack. Or it becomes, you know, two or three or four police officers feel like they have to defend themselves. And then it becomes a tribal mentality and groupthink. Um, you know, just look at one other example of several years ago. Uh, apologies to the family because I've forgotten the name of the young man. I think he was 18 or 19 and he was on a streetcar and a police officer shot him dead. The young man was in the streetcar on the top of the stairs or one stair down in the streetcar. There were several police officers with this police officer standing far back from the streetcar The officer was not at threat. The young black man did not have a gun in his hand. And he was shot multiple times. It wasn't like he was shot in the leg so that he would collapse and fall down and then could be pinned down and and handcuffed. No. But that's what happens. And that's what we're afraid of. And is pride broken? which was the statement that happened in the first two minutes by Alex Pearson at On Point. (sighs) No, pride is not broken. But pride is what it is right now at 2019. And for those of us that want something different, we would have to organize and make something different. 
there are parts of Pride that are very problematic. And in Toronto, it's become so big and overwhelming, and there's problems with deficit, and then there's problems with who is in power at the municipal government level, who is in power at the provincial level, and what are the requirements and dictates for funding. And maybe it should be spread out. You know, we have an entire almost second pride industry that happens on the weekend, which is part of the 519 Community Center, um, which is a fundraiser for the 519 Community Center, which is part of the United Way uh, that supports the community, that has all kinds of drop-in programs and counseling programs and fun and social and sporting event programs. And they have drag shows. They have Starry Night that celebrates lives lost to HIV AIDS. Uh, They have top name DJs that come in and it's it's just a place to go and have fun and commingle and visit and see some shows and then dance and have fun. And then there's Pride, Pride Toronto, officially Pride Toronto, which is the more, you know, corporate and sort of capitalist. And what's important about Toronto to remember that's different from a lot of North American or American prides is that most things are free to get in. We're Prides are asking for donations. Even the 519 community uh, events, which are called uh, the Green Space Festival, which are not part of Pride but happen concurrently. It's only the Sunday they have one event called Treehouse. It's their big sort of like massive fundraiser where they do charge for that. But otherwise, to get into the Pride Festival is free. That's an absolutely important and I think requisite aspect of Pride. I think it's wrong in the United States, where many of these uh, pride um, celebrations are, you know, a section of the city or a big park, and you actually have to pay to get in. It should be by donation. And that's why we sometimes need funding. And that's why we need capitalist investment. But the question is, again, for another day, how is that managed so that there's no compromise? I'm thinking, um, was it last year with the FIFA World Cup and Budweiser uh, a rather prejudiced and problematic company um, that doesn't have a very good record for taking care of LGBTQ people was a major, major sponsor of the FIFA World Cup in Russia. And we all know Russia ain't a friendly place for LGBTQ people, but they were a major fucking sponsor for New York City Pride. And I think there are some serious problems with the board or the people that manage New York City Pride, and there's no responsibility on a moral or ethical level uh, in some of the choices that they've made. And yes, I understand that businesses have to run, even if it's a business of pride. But I think we need to look at a different kind of ethics for who are we as LGBTQ people, as a network of communities, and what will we not accept And several years ago, I was not on board. I was not on board, and it took me a long time. I was not on board with Black Lives Matters stopping the parade. And now, (laughs) it's very clear I am, right? And like I said earlier, to all or to any member of the police force who might be listening to this, show up as you are not as a police officer to pride because who you are is not your uniform the uniform is a construct 
of the greater status quo. The uniform is a construct of the police force. The uniform is a trigger for many people who feel uncomfortable around it. Show up with love and empathy and vulnerability to pride. Dressed in your own everyday casual clothing. And enjoy pride and live out your uniqueness, your difference as a human being who's partaking in pride and supporting everyone else who comes there. And understanding that it's not you as a police officer that's being prejudiced against. It's the power itself. It's the power that has been used as a form of prejudice, as a form of control, and as a form of limitation on LGBTQ individuals. I want to say, Viva la, rest- Viva la resistance! This is the season to remain proud. It's not always just about fighting, but it is about being cognizant of being mindful of what really is the root of the problem. Police not being allowed to attend Pride is not the problem. The problem is prejudice and the problem is power. How we learn to better manage those to live together with greater equanimity is the greater question that I think we see playing out all over the world today. All right, live out and live proud. <laughs>